The author of The Prayer of Jabez, Bruce Wilkerson, he said this, pruning is God's way of making room in your life for more of what matters most. As you cooperate with him, you find yourself shaking your head, not over what you have left behind, but at the wonderful results that you see flourishing all around. We did not choose the Lord. He chose us. What an honor. Friends, we were created for a life of purpose and intentionality. We were created to bear fruit that will last. Hello, and welcome to the FBC Sermon Podcast. Today's sermon is titled Prune to Bear Fruit and was based on John 15, verses 1, 2, 8, and 16. This was done by guest speaker Lily So. We hope you enjoyed today's sermon. Good morning, church. A very uh, warm welcome and a good morning to all of you who are here, right here in the sanctuary. Online today as well. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's pray as we uh, share the word of God this morning. Lord, we are grateful to you that we can gather together, whether it is online or our church family who are online today or those who are here in the congregation Father, we are grateful to you as a body that we can gather to worship you, to lift up your name, and to learn of your word. Father, we are uh, we're grateful for all that you have done in our lives and will continue to do in our lives. And so, Lord, bless the sharing of your word this morning and speak to every one of us. Thank you, God. Amen. How many of you have heard of Simon and Garfunkel? Okay, I see excited hands all over the room. But for some of you who have not heard of Simon and Garfunkel, probably you were not born then. Paul Simon, part of the duo, he wrote a song in the 70s called Slip Sliding Away. How many of you know that song? (laughs) Yeah, I see hands all over as well, and so do I. Slip sliding away. (laughs) So I remember that song really well. Now somebody interpreted the song, the meaning of the song, as drifting through life. Just kind of drifting through life. Not living it out intentionally. And talking about missed opportunities. Slip, slide away. Now, does this describe some of us? So today our message is a little bit reflective, but definitely it has to be responsive. Does it describe some of us? Maybe. But for others, it may not be kind of drifting through life aimlessly, or maybe not missed opportunities, but it could be living our lives day to day in a maintenance mode. I'm just maintaining, I'm just living my life. You wake up, you go to work, you come home, it's another day, and the cycle goes on. The question I wanna ask us today is, have you ever thought about why we were created? Why did God create us? 
Revelation chapter 4, verse 11 tells us that God created us for his pleasure. For his pleasure. He just finds it, he just, he just enjoys us. He loves us. He just finds it full of joy. It pleases him that he created us to be in communion, in relationship with him. For his pleasure, we were created. And God has called us to live a life that bears fruit. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 8, that we show ourselves to be his disciples and we glorify the name of the Lord when we bear much fruit. Now, I think for most of us, if not all of us, we're so done with COVID. Agree? I'm so done with COVID, but COVID is not done with us. But let's pray that tomorrow when we wake up in the morning and we read the news, we're not going to hear, oh, there is another variant. I pray not. <laughs> we all pray the same prayer, okay? With one heart, with one mind. But I'm so done with COVID, so are you, because it has crippled us, it has controlled us, it has changed so many things. The things that we used to do before, we can't seem to be, we can't do them right now, a lot of the stuff. So at the end of last year, I, um, I don't know about you, some of us like to do like New Year resolutions or something, um, some of us not. Um, I am also done with New Year resolutions. I don't do them anymore. What I do is I like to reflect. When it comes to the end of the year, I like to come before the Lord in prayerful, prayerful reflection. And I want to think about what happened the past year, what, what went on, what did I do, some of my responses, my decisions, or etc. So I came before the Lord at the end of last year, 2021, in earnest prayer. I told the Lord that 2020 was crazy. I had a conversation with God. And like I said, like I said, the things that I wanted to do, I wasn't able to do much of, it, of them. And when COVID hit the world about two years ago, I was thinking, what just hit us? What was going on? And I started being concerned, unsure, and at times even fearful. And I don't know how many of you can resonate with that. And as I thought about all these things and we're talking to God and praying about it end of last year, I told the Lord that God, I want to be wise. I want to be careful. I will wear my mask. I will be discerning. But also at the same time, I was really earnest before the Lord. And I told the Lord, I don't want to live in fear anymore. There is really a wisdom to know the difference between the two. When is it carelessness and stupidity? And when is it not living in fear and being, and being led of God? So there is a discernment that we need to come before the Lord, and God will show us. So I told God, God, I want to be wise, I want to be careful, but I don't want to live in fear. I told the Lord, Lord, you are the sovereign Lord. You know exactly what is happening. You allow this to be taking place. You are in control. And I told the Lord, Lord, you are still at work in the midst of this pandemic. I told God, whatever you are doing, even in the midst of this time, 
I want to know what you're saying. I want to know what you're doing. And I want to be a part of it. What about you? I want to encourage all of us to think through this. Would you pray this prayer with the Lord, to the Lord? Do you want to be a part of it? John 15, 16a, uh, which Carol read for us just now, Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. You know, church family, I really believe God has a message for us today. He has chosen you and I and appointed us to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. It is interesting to note that in the first 17 verses of John chapter 15, the word fruit or fruitful appears nine times. Just in, the, in 17 verses, it appears nine times. So this is a huge emphasis that this is important that God is telling us that he has chosen us to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So I, I asked this question earlier to us. How has your life been in the past year? Or the past years? How has it been? Has it been slip sliding away? Has it been a, in a maintenance mode? Have you been caught up with the mundanities or the busyness of life? Or has it been value added? Has it been meaningful? Has it been bearing fruit? Fruit that will last. For those of us who identify with living our lives kind of slip, slide away, God wants us to turn our lives around. In his love, in his grace, in his mercy, he wants us to turn our lives around. And for those who have been living meaningful lives and bearing fruit, God says, press on. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep focused. God is desiring to do a new work in our lives in this new year. That's what I feel. That's what I've been praying. I've been in a lot of prayer. I've been really coming before the Lord and seeking God and praying about this. He's desiring to do a new work in our lives. Doesn't matter pandemic or not. He wants to do a new work in our ministries. He wants to do a new work in our church. Let's not look at the natural. Let's look in the spirit as to what God is saying and what God is doing. He wants all of us to jump on the bandwagon, get on board with him, and to know what is he's saying and what he's doing. We read the verse earlier that Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go bear fruit, fruit that will last. The meaning of this text is the disciples, which is then the disciples then and us today. The believers of Jesus, the children of God, the disciples, we have been chosen. We have been appointed. And the Greek word actually means you have been set apart. We have been set apart. We have been ordained to go and bear fruit. When I look at the word ordained, I was just talking to some of the American Baptist, uh, some uh, ministers yesterday. Um, 
And uh, one of them was getting ordained and everybody was congratulating her and say, hey, congratulations and all that. So this word ordained is fresh in my mind. So we're thinking about maybe a pastor who got ordained or a minister who got ordained and then reverend so-and-so or something. Reverend. But you know what? This ordained is not just talking about pastors who got ordained and just have a little bit of an extra word just tagging uh, in front of them that says reverend so-and-so. To me, you know what, I, I feel, okay, I'm not gonna, okay, I'm not gonna implicate myself. I've always never thought that this is important, that, you know, a title in front of us or some titles tagging behind our, what is important is our lives. The substance that's inside of us. I think that's important. But here, let's come back to this word. We have been chosen, we have been appointed. The word means we have been set apart by God. That's really special when it says you have been set apart. You have been ordained to do what? Every one of us to go and bear fruit. So what does it mean to bear fruit? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto us. So what are these things? Maslow's hierarchy of needs says... You know, when we, 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 human beings always go look for the basics, you know, food, shelter, uh, what is it? I can't remember. I gave, I gave all my education back to the, to the professor. <laughs> food, shelter, whatever, the basic needs. And then once we're, we're able, we, we have that, then we, when we aspire to the next level of living, standard of living, and to the next level, and to the next level. And as we just go up, go up, go up, at the end of the day, when we have all these basic needs met, we're looking for the aesthetics. Oh, for the ladies, maybe a manicure, a pedicure, or, oh, I'm going to go for the best facial or something. So, so basically, all of us need food. We need shelter. We, we need to have our basic needs met. And God knows. And in and Matthew chapter 6, it tells us, do not worry about all these things. God knows that we need all these things. But coming back to this verse, verse 33, some of us read, uh, have been reading this verse as meaning, seek first the kingdom of God, then all these things will be added unto you, like a condition. But it's not to be read that way. It's not to be, the meaning of this verse is not supposed to be this way. Actually, God is telling us to seek first his kingdom. And these things will be added to us as well, not as a condition. He knows we need these things. He will provide. He will meet our needs. We are his children. He takes care of the birds in the fields and the lilies of the, uh, in the air and the lilies of the fields. He says, God knows what we need even before we open our mouths to tell him. God is saying, seek first his kingdom. He takes care of us. He takes care of us. That's what he's saying. God is telling us to put his kingdom work first. How does that look like to you? I don't know. We all have our own stories. We all have our own uh, relationship with God and what God is saying to us. But how does that look like for you to put first the kingdom of God? Let God speak to you. God is telling us to put first his kingdom, the work of the kingdom. Simply put, it is doing the will of God. 1 John chapter 2, verse 17 it says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Let me repeat it again. 
The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. They're hurting lives that need God's healing. They're broken lives that need to be made whole. Someone needs encouragement. The lonely person needs someone to talk to. That ministry position in our church needs to be filled. The good news of Jesus Christ needs to be preached. Matthew 28, 19, 20 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. You know, honestly, as I was preparing this message, I told the Lord, God, how, how, how is this all going to take place? Living in the midst of this uncertain pandemic. I don't know how God is going to do it, and I don't know how he wants to use us during this COVID times. But I know, I'm convinced that God is at work, and he wants you and I to partner with him to bear fruit Fruit that will last. And friends, in order to bear fruit, we must be pruned. We must be pruned. John 15, verses 1 and 2, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So if a branch is dead, it is of no use, it gets cut off. Some of you have backyards, and during the summer, I know a lot of people love gardening, and, uh, and I have a friend who loves gar gardening. So we talk on the phone sometimes, and we say, hey, how are you doing, and things like that. But sometimes in the summer, I have no idea where she is. We don't talk on the phone, and then I get worried a little bit. I say, hey, what's going on with her? Then I realize she's been out in the garden, <laughs> planting lavender plants, tomatoes, different stuff. She's just out there enjoying herself. So for people who love gardening, who loves planting and all that, you will know that if a branch is dead, it is of no use, and it gets cut off. Now, God has no use for us to be dead branches. The word that is translated to prune can also mean to clean or to purify. Pruning, cleaning, cleansing, purifying. So let's take a look at some of the benefits of uh, plant pruning. Some of you may already know this, but for all of us who don't do gardening, it is enlightening, it is helpful. So why, why is pruning needed? What are some of the benefits? One, it maintains health. It keeps the plant healthy. So, every, so just apply it to our lives. Just think about it. Whatever happens in a pruning of a plant, just think about it in terms of my life, your life. It causes the plant to be healthy. And the parts that are dead, dying, diseased, 
or damaged are removed so that a plant or the tree continues to be healthy, continue to be strong. Now, I remember when I was in Singapore, I'm not, you know, Singapore land is so scarce, but I remember I used to have this pot of basil plant in front of my door. I live in an apartment, so I don't have a garden, so it was just right in front. So every time I came back from work, I, I look at my basil plant, and I said, oh, look at those cute little, sweet little green leaves. I love you. I said, I talked to them. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but then I eat them. I, I just don't love them. I eat them as well. So I, I walk by them. It's growing. I will pluck some of the leaves. I go inside. I just rinse it off, and I just put them in my mouth. I love them. I love the taste of fragrant uh, vegetables. But one day, I came back from work, and I look, and suddenly I see little spots on the leaves. So it, it started growing, it proliferated, and all these little spots, and I started Googling. You know, Google, you can have all the answers to life. <laughs> so I Googled and said, oh, yeah, your plant is sick, it's diseased. So then I found out that it's not so easy to actually grow basil plants. So my poor basil plant died. The parts that are dead, dying, diseased, or damaged are removed so the plant stays healthy and strong. And then pruning also means unwanted shoots are removed. This part that juts out and all that, talking about jutting out. I live with Debbie. She's an amazing uh, landlady. We have a garage, and by the side of the garage, there's this plant. You know, when, it, when it's the beginning of spring, it grows, it's so sweet, it's just budding out. By summer, it's like here, there, everywhere, and the whole plant just blocks, blocks the, uh, the, the door of my garage. So what do I do? I'm not, a, I'm not a pruner, I'm not a gardener. What do I do? I just take the scissors, cut, I cut off the parts that is obstructing my car from coming out of the garage. And then I said, this is so ugly, but what can I do? I'm a practical person because I'm not a gardener, so I don't know about beauty, but I just want to make sure it doesn't block my way as I'm going to the side porch or the... So the parts that are not wanted, it gets pruned, it gets removed. And pruning enables new growth. It helps the plant to thrive, it helps the plant to prosper, it helps the plant to flourish. So friends, does pruning hurt? What do you think? Sometimes we don't think about it because we're not plants. And the plants can scream at us, ouch! Now the plants can do that, right? Because they're not alive. But does pruning hurt? Scientifically, they tell us that pruning does hurt because it wounds the plant. But, injure, but injuring and wounding the plant does not have to hurt the plant's overall health. In fact, pruning is needful to stimulate the plant's natural healing process, which in turn promotes healthy growth. So friends, when God prunes you and I, is it painful? Okay, that's a no-brainer, right? It is very painful. In fact, it's so unwelcome. We don't want it. We hate it. Every ounce of our body says, no, 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 right? We, we just love the way we are. We're comfortable. We have enough to eat. We have a good job. We have a salary. We, you know, everything's well. Our needs are met. We're doing good. No, no pruning, no change. This is good. Why do I have to change? But we don't realize that some parts are dead. Some parts are dying. Some parts are diseased, damaged. 
There are some shoots in us that are unwanted. We're not thriving. We're not flourishing. We're not prospering the way we should be. You know, there are some times in life you are in conversation with somebody, whether it's family or friends or colleagues or whatever, and you're in some form of conflict. And then this anger rises up within you, this frustration that's within you, and say, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. But things are not turning out the way that you think is right. So what's going to happen? What is your reaction? What is your response? Hey, that's part of the pruning process, you know. I was in conversation with somebody on the phone just like a few days ago, or was it last week? And then the person just was talking to me, and this person that talked to me can actually go on comfortably for one to two hours. And I'm not kidding. So, so I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm caring, I, I'm trying to understand and all that. At the end of the conversation, there was one phrase that she said that I did not forget. She says, I'm always right. Isn't it interesting? A lot of times we think we're right. Whether it's a decision at work, whether in a family, whether with friends or whatever situation, in our perspectives, we think we're right. But then why? But things are not, but God did not allow for the things to go our way. So a lot of times, God is wanting us to reflect hey, I'm doing a work in your life. I'm speaking to you. Would you listen? And I remember in my early days in ministry, okay, I'm, this is confession, okay? Uh, so in my early days in ministry, when I was in my 20s, um, people say, oh, Lily, you have the give of the gap. Okay, thank you. But uh, it's a compliment in some ways, but in some ways it's not a compliment because I, I can shoot my mouth off and it's not a good thing. So people are hurt, people are wounded or whatever, whatever. I, whatever, I, whatever I think, uh, I say it, right? And not only that, I have a lot of thoughts in my mind. So I'm sitting there, I said, oh, I can do that better than him. He's so boring. Or somebody's talking to me, and before they could finish a sentence, in my heart, I'm dying to finish the, the, the second part of the conversation for them. So there was just a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff within me that God was trying to prune, God was trying to do that work in my life. You know what it was? It was, you can call it intentional, or you can call it unintentional, it was pride. Basically, it's pride, Right? When you think you can do it better than someone else, when you think uh, some, uh, you know better than somebody else, it is basically pride. Yes, God tells us to be confident of the gifts he gives to us, but in our heart of hearts, you kind of know when is it pride or when is it con confidence with humility. There is really a difference between the two. Confidence with humility comes from God, but many times it is pride, and we need to know and understand so why, so I tell myself, if I'm so much, if I'm so much better than this person, or I'm better, I speak better than this person, then why did not God put me in that position? Why did God put that person there and not me? There is a reason in the overall scheme of things in God's mind, in God's perfect mind and perfect wisdom. And, uh, and it was really hard. It was really hard. I was talking to a pastor in China just the other day, and she was telling me, uh, I don't have to tell you about a conversation, but she used the word hidden. She was in ministry, pastor to thousands of people, da da da, just, and all that, and then there was a point in her life, she said God just hid her 
hit, H-I-D, hit her. And God was just uh, doing a work in her life. God was healing her physical body, but she was worn out. She was burned out, uh, different things. Uh, but God was also doing a work of wonderful pruning in her life. And she allowed the Lord to do that work. Seven years, she said. At the end of the seven years, God just told her, okay, it's time. I, I, wanna, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And then she started coming out in ministry again. It's really interesting when she told me her story. So does it hurt? Yes, it does. Every ounce of our flesh does not want pruning. But we need it, friends. We need it. I need it. We need it for healthy growth. We need it so that God loves us too much to not prune us because there are parts of us that's dead. That's part of us that is dying, disease, damage. We thought it's so good, that unwanted shoot that's sticking out in my garage, that's blocking my way. She, the plant, she thinks that she's beautiful and she's thriving in the sun and she's growing and thriving and prospering. But you know what? It's blocking my way. It gets cut off so that I can move my car in and out of the garage. It's painful, but it's needed. Friends, one important thing, God does not allow calamities or problems or sufferings in our life to punish us. That is not biblical. God does not say, hey, look at you, you're not performing, you're, not, you're acting up, you're, you're not, you're... No. That is, not, that is not from God. But when God allows circumstances, situations, experiences in our lives, there is a good reason. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. There is hope. There is future. How many of us says, my life has no hope? I've got no future. How are you going to live your life if there is no hope and there is no future? All of us want a hope. All of us want a future. All of us want to have a, a meaningful, value-added life, is it not? So that's what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. So when God allows situations, circumstances, and pruning in our lives, he is wanting to heal us. He's wanting to restore us. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to thrive. Even Jesus said, Lord, let this cup pass away from me but not my will, but your will be done. Jesus hated it. The 100% human part of him hated it, dreaded it. Who wants to be hung on a cross? It's horrible. It's horrible. It's pain. It's suffering beyond imagination. But Jesus said, but your will be done and not mine. And guess what? When Jesus obeyed all the way to the cross and died and rose again, it meant salvation for you and I today. Isn't it amazing? That's amazing. Without the salvation of Jesus Christ, you and I will not be seated here today. We hate it. We hate pruning. But when God allows it, what kind of form does it take? It may, it may come through problems and relationships, marriages, family. It may be sickness, loss, grief. You know, when I had cancer, I mean, I, I, I love to be God honest. There's nothing to hide. When I had cancer uh, and I was asking God all kinds of questions, why, ha, he, ha, ha, whatever. And uh, when I look back in retrospect and I look at my life, 
and I look at the areas of my life that God was working in me. And I look at how I've become softer, I've become more humble, I've become, I, I just, I fight the lies of the devil that God was punishing me. I fight it because it's not biblical. But on the other hand, I, I did, I, I love to analyze, I like to think through things. And I want to come before God not to use my natural logic to think, not to use my natural logic to analyze, but I come before God in prayerful analysis. And I say, God, and as I look back, I see the work that God was doing in my life. I will not change it for anything else. It's crazy. Who wants cancer in your life? Who? See, I don't see any hands right now. No takers, right? We hate it. I, we don't want it. May it never come back. But, I'm, but, but when I look through the process, I don't want to change it for anything else. I don't know about you, but that's, that's my experience. So it can come through sickness, loss, grief. It can come through challenges, disappointments, or there is a sin or a bad habit that God is dealing with our lives. Or sometimes pruning can come through like things are not going our way. We, we think this is the right way. This should be done. It should be like this, but it's not going our way. Then what? God is not allowing it. Then what, God, what is God saying? Or sometimes pruning can come in a way where you are pushed to the edge to do something you have never, been, you have never done before. And it's scary. Jesus had never, had never gone to the, he, he never went to the cross before and he had to go to the cross. It's scary beyond comprehension. So we don't have the same experience. Thank God Jesus died once for all. We don't have to do that for salvation. But sometimes there are responsibilities, job, different things, new experiences, new chapters in our lives, new things that God allows us to be pushed to the edge to do something we have never done before. It's really scary. I remember there have been a few times in my life when I had to do some ministry. I don't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. I say, what's it? How is it going to turn out? No kidding. I've never done this. This is freaking me out. It's scary. You know what I visually imagined? I was brought right up to the, to the cliff. And then as all of us know, a cliff means it's a steep incline. Uh, what is it? Decline, right? So it goes like this. Whew. So it's not like this. Like if you go skiing, you just go down the slope, especially the bunny slope. It's so easy, right? Just go like that or something. But here's a cliff that goes... And then you're drowning on the inside. <laughs> Your arms are failing, flailing. <laughs> save me, I'm drowning. And the funny thing is, when, when I went through those kind of experiences, save me, God, I'm drowning. <laughs> and I realized at the end of it, I lived. I breathed. I was alive. And I came out stronger. Fascinating. So are you being pushed to the edge to do something you've never done before? God is in it. If God allows it, God is in it. Are you open? Do you want to go through it with God by your side? When everything is smooth sailing, that's when we should be, take note. Be careful and say, hey, what's going on with my life? Pruning means to clean, to purify. God, pruning is not punishment. Let's remember that. It is the Father's loving intervention in our lives. 
He wants to use us. He loves us. So then he needs to clean us. He needs to purify us. He doesn't want us to waste away. God wants a heart that is soft, broken, broken in a good way, not broken in a bad way. Today, there is a beautiful vase in your house, crystal vase, and you're putting flowers in it. You don't want your vase to be broken, right? But this, this is not the kind of bad broken, but this is a good broken. King David says, a broken and a contrite spirit, God will not despise. Because when we are broken, then we can come before God and be tender and let God do the work in our lives, that we can come out a more beautiful and, and worthy vessel, ready for his use. Look at David's life. He became so successful, he was pompous. He thought at his command, at his, at his wish is everybody's command. Look at the life he was leading. And then God brought him back. A soft and a broken spirit, a yielded spirit before God. This is the kind of vessel that God can use. The author of the prayer of Jabez, Bruce Wilkerson, he said this, pruning is God's way of making room in your life for more of what matters most. As you cooperate with him, you find yourself shaking your head, not over what you have left behind, but at the wonderful results that you see flourishing all around. We did not choose the Lord. He chose us. What an honor. Friends, we were created for a life of purpose and intentionality. We were created to bear fruit that will last. Would you let God do a deeper work in your life this morning and in this new year? There may be a need in worship. And you can sing and you can play an instrument. Would you respond? That a church family be blessed? Will you respond so that the kids can be blessed and learn about Jesus and life? It means giving of ourselves. It means giving of our time. And it may not be something we want to do. But what is God saying to us? Would you become somebody else's blessing? Would, would you bring your smile into a world to brighten somebody else? Would you let your presence bring comfort to another person? Would you let your words bring life and healing? And the Lord says, let us share the gospel of Jesus that salvation, deliverance, and hope can come to those who do not know him. I, I get excited when I, when I imagine our, our pews right here being filled with students or residents from, uh, who come here because they have a job, they are here studying uh, for, in a community. I get excited because for, for the believers, they, they come here, they find a, play, a safe place that they can grow in the Lord, they can find fellowship and mutual encouragement. But I, I get equally excited when I think of people that God brings from all over America and all over the world who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And right here, because of friends, because of you, because of me, because of our lives, because of our sharing, they are brought to church and they, have, and they fill the pews and they come to know God and they say, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, how I knew... How I wish I knew Jesus much earlier in my life. 
So I imagine those who need to grow in the Lord. I imagine those who do not know God filling up our pews from, from all over America and all over the world. Isn't it exciting? Bear fruit, fruit that will last. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you are interested in learning more about what we do here at FBC, please visit our website, fbcamers.org. Also, consider subscribing to this podcast so you can get a notification when our weekly sermons are posted. Again, thank you for listening. Have a great day.